0: In Second Kings, uh, during the time of the uh, prophet Elisha, chapter 4 and verse number 8, and it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman. Now that's what the Bible had to say about it. I don't care too much about your opinion of yourself or my opinion of myself. But I tell you, when the Holy Ghost says she's a great woman, I'd like to meet her, wouldn't you? And she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy Man of God. Boy, she had perception insight, didn't she? Which passeth by us continually. Let us make a chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. And let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick that it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. Now, I don't have time to read the following chapters on over to chapter 8, but I want you to turn to chapter 8. Between these two chapters, this precious lady is blessed with a child who falls sick, and the prophet raises him from the dead child is dead and he raises him from the dead many things have transpired and many years have passed Israel has fallen deeper into sin the nation uh, has turned its back on God and now the Lord sends his prophet a message concerning judgment in Israel now you can picture this this is sometime maybe 20 years I don't know, after what we read in the previous chapter, chapter number 4. The Bible said in verse number 1, Then spake Elijah unto the woman, now we're back to this same great woman, after all these things had transpired, it's been a long time, whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go thou and thine household, and sojourn whithersoever thou canst sojourn. For the Lord hath called for a famine. He's going to judge the land. And it shall also come upon the land seven years. And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God. And she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass at the seven years' end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines and she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. It's been seven years now and she's lost her possession. Someone else has moved in, taking it over. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God. This is the man that used to pour water on the hands of Elisha during the time of all of his miracles. He was with him continually. Saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha hath done. It came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life. He's telling him all these stories. That, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her household and for her land. And I said, My Lord, O king, this is the woman. Well, just at the time he's telling him the, uh, the, uh, the history of it and the happening of it. This woman shows up. And this, this is her son, whom Elisha restored
1: to life.
0: When the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed unto her certain officers saying, Restore all that was hers and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land even until now. If you look at the circumstances around you, you will sometimes become defeated, maybe even fall by the wayside and feel like maybe God's given up on you. But I want to take this shoot to my... Woman, and preach to you tonight on this subject, it really does pay to serve God. It's Satan's job to make you think that you're wasting your time by serving the Lord. Because he always wants to whisper in your ear and talk about the negative sides of life and of serving God. you remember as far back as the book of Genesis. When Satan went into the garden, what did Adam and Eve have? They had the glories of all that God had made on the most beautiful spot and the most beautiful time upon the face of God's earth. It would have been breathtaking, astounding, who have entered into that garden and saw all the beauty of it. God said to Adam and Eve, "You see how liberal God is and how loose God is with that which he makes and how he gives so much and he allows so much. For He said unto Adam and Eve, of all... The trees of the garden, of all the fruits of the garden, you can have it all if you want it, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, I ask you, is that a bad deal? You can have it all. Any tree with any fruit anywhere, you can have it. Just do not touch the one tree. You know what Satan did? He came into the garden. He didn't come talking about all the trees that they could eat from. He didn't say, have you tried that tree? Did you get around to that other tree? Man, look at all these trees over here. You've just got eternity to eat off these trees. He never mentioned a word about all of the hundreds, no doubt, and thousands and multitudes of trees that they could eat from. He wanted to talk about the one tree they could not eat it. from. And it is Satan's job to make God look cheap and tense and as if he is trying to withhold from us a blessing. And he wants to tell us what we don't have and what we can't have and what we'd like to have and what we should have. But he don't want to come to you and talk to you about you, what you do have that's come from God. He doesn't want to mention that. Do you ever begin to think about what God has given you? you ever begin to think about what you do have and what you are blessed with? The little song says, Count your blessings. Name them one by one and see what the Lord has done. I preached that one Sunday. The first church I pastored and had a, lady in the church is close to 90 years old. She come back the next service and come slowly down the aisle. And she said, Preacher, you about killed me. I said, Why? She said, Count your blessings. She said, I laid down on the bed the other night and I started counting my blessings. and said, I was up about all night. We've got much to praise the Lord for. David said, I have yet to see the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. We have no cause to mealy mouth God. He has blessed us more than enough. And I do want to encourage your heart that in spite of all the negativism that wants us to look at what we cannot have or what we do not have, that we would be encouraged in what God has blessed us with. And I'm preaching tonight on this subject. It really does pay. Hey, I said, it really does pay to serve God. Now, I don't believe you ought to be a skinflint and serve God so you can get paid. You ought to serve God because you love God. But on the other hand, the Bible does promise us, cast your bread upon the water and after many days it will return. He will give unto you into your bosom, he said. I'm saying to you, it really does pay. I want to drive that thought home. It really does pay to serve God. Now, you say, well, preacher, how does it pay? That's what I want to tell you. I want to point out to you, first of all, from chapter number 8 and verse number 1. While you're looking at that verse, I'll remind you, this woman served God when she built that prophet's chamber and fed that man of God that she knew was the man of God every time he came by. Now, there are many ways and aspects of which we can serve God. We can serve God through our giving. We can serve God. While we pray for other people, we can serve God. While we come and minister in song and in whatever fashion, we can serve God when we help our neighbor. We can serve God when we give something to those that are in need. We can serve God when we witness and proclaim the gospel. There's a thousand and one things that God may ask you to do in service for him. It just happened to be that the thing that fell upon her heart was to build a little old room For the man of God, when he came by, so he'd have a place to sleep out of the rain and have a bite to eat, that was upon her heart. She did it with no gain in mind. No price tags were placed upon it. She did not do it for a dividend. She just did it because she had a heart that wanted to do something for God and did it for God's man. But I'll tell you something. It was probably the greatest investment that she would ever made. You say, well, preacher, how do you know? Because it paid off. It paid off. And the greatest investment that you could ever make in this life is to serve the Lord because it's going to pay off. Notice in verse number one, I want to say to you that serving God really pays off and first of all, it pays off in a very wealthy sum called the truth. Let me tell you something. The most, I started to say expensive, but could I say the, the greatest thing that God has given us in this world is truth. Jesus said that it was the truth that would set you free. Notice in verse number 1 how that she's getting paid off in truth. And what price tag would you put upon the truth that you know? Would you swap it
1: for anything?
0: Would you trade it for anything? Is there anything that you would sell the knowledge that you know of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ that saved you? Would you take this old book that's buried deep in your heart and swap it for anything in this world? No, it's the truth! I'm going to tell you something. She was paid off in truth. Look in verse 1. Then spake Elisha unto the woman, the middle part of it, he said, Arise, go thou and thine household, sojourn whithersoever thou canst sojourn. Why? For the Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. Now, this is what I call an inspired truth. This is not opinion. <laughs> She's getting the highest quality truth and knowledge that anybody on earth can get. This is truth from God because he says, For the Lord hath said. This truth came from the very throne of God to the prophet. As far as I know, the prophet was the only one that heard this. He is the only man that God has given this truth to. It is an inspired word from God. What does the prophet do? The first thing he does, he ups and goes, and he finds the woman. How? He could have found a thousand other people, but he found the woman who many years before had built him a little place to sleep. The first thing that came to his mind, I better go tell the Tsunamite woman about the tragedy that's about to happen that God has told me. It is inspired truth. It is imparted truth. He takes that which God has given to him and goes by the lady's house and there he takes the truth that is in his heart and he imparts that truth unto her heart. Now, there's only two people on the face of God's earth that knows that there's going to be a famine. That's the preacher and the woman who served the Lord. I'll tell you, that's a big payday day as far as I'm concerned. Because not only was this an inspired truth and an imparted truth, but this was an important truth. For those who stayed behind, many would die of starvation because of the famine that held back the water, the cattle, could not eat, the children could not eat, and there would be death across the land. It was a vitally important truth that was being shared with this woman, and the reason why it was being shared was because she had served God. John, 2 John 1, verse 1, the Bible said, The elder unto the elect lady and her children whom I love in the truth. Not only I, but all they that have known the truth. For the truth's sake which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. His truth, the Scripture said, shall be thy shield and thy buster. If you got no more from God, then one day as I did, sitting there in a little storefront not ever reading one verse of this Bible and knowing nothing about it, if you got no other thing from God than the truth of the gospel, you've received the greatest gift that a man could ever give. There are billions of people on this earth tonight. Much to the sadness of our hearts, there are probably about two or three billion people that have never heard the gospel. We are blessed, aren't we? We are blessed. Serving God pays off in truth. said, Preacher, what do I get out of going to church all the time? Get the truth. What do you want us? Get out there and listen to what everybody in the world's got to say. The words of death. You could have stayed home night and watched television, but what would it have profited you? But you see, you can come to the house of the Lord and you can receive the truth. The Bible said, which is forever. Now, serving God pays off in truth. But secondly, I want to point out to you that serving God also pays off in what I call trust. Notice in verse number two. I'm glad this old woman wasn't one of them kind of women that like to chew the preacher up and spit him out. That old preacher comes by every every day, every every little bit. I get tired of feeding him. I'm not a fool with him no more. <laughs> Eats like a hog. <laughs> and if you hear him preach, he ain't much of a preacher. He just all the time talking about what thus say of the Lord. Long-winded. I'll just be honest with you. I don't care much for him. Now, what if she'd have took that spirit and the man of God had to come by and said, Listen, lady, I'm going to tell you something. There's trouble coming, and the thing you need to do is get out of here. You know what she'd have said? And so she'd, have, she'd have been a hypocrite about it and said, Old oh, preacher, thank you for coming by and tell me. When she'd have said, I ain't listening to him. I know him. And she would have rejected the truth. And not only that, her children would have rejected the truth. It is so dangerous. Now listen, I know the man of God is not perfect, and I don't want to lift him up on a pedestal. We are human. We are carriers forth of the truth of God's Word, and it's so dangerous for your children to hear you criticize God's man, or the Sunday school teacher, or somebody that's trying to lead their soul to God who is not perfect, and you may know the flaws in their lives, but you do not need to feed this to your children because one day they may be in trouble, and the man of God may try to help them, and all they can hear is what Mom and Daddy said about him. Hello? Of course, I know y'all. Are, I'm just, you know. it'll pay off in trust. you remember when the angels of the Lord were going down into Sodom and Gomorrah to, to destroy it and they called Lot aside and they said to Lot you go tell your children now this thing's over with we're going to destroy this place we're going to give you a little time and Lot went and told his children What's the scripture say about that? He was as one that mocked unto them. His own children would not believe him. Why? Look in verse 2. She has heard what the man of God has said, and without any delay, she trusts the man of God. It has borne witness in her life. And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God. And she went, and here's the next phrase I want you to notice, with her How'd she get the boys to go? Ain't they old enough to do what they want to? She's got one son, I know. Don't know if she had any after that or not, but she's got one son, and he's probably by now got children, got a daughter-in-law. One day she gets, comes through the house, she says, young maybe goes over and knocks on her son's door, probably build a house out there beside her and said, look, uh, listen, we're gonna have to get everything together and get out of here. Well, well, mom, I've got a job and everything. What you got this on your mind all of a sudden about? I, I I don't, I can't just, you talking about a vacation or something? I can't just jump and run. Oh, she said it's more serious than that. He said, well, what are you talking about? And she said, you know the preacher. You've been talking to the preacher lately? <laughs> Do I know the preacher? Why, mom, you remember when he used to come? He'd come on weekends and sleep up there in the prophet's chamber, and I always begged you, mama, can I sleep with him? Mama, can I sleep with him? Don't you know he probably did that? That's the way children are. The prophet probably loved the son. He's the one that prayed and God gave her to him and raised him from the dead. Don't you know the prophet and that old boy had a connection? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know there were many nights that he she said, he said, Mama, can't sleep with him. And she said, Honey, the prophet's tired. You're, you're. Oh, he said, That's all right. Let him come ahead. He'd yeah. Go in and snuggle in under the covers and screw up real good to that prophet. Long about 2 or 3 in the morning, the old prophet, hear from God, roll out of the bed into the floor and began to talk to God Almighty. And the little boy sits there with his eyes wide open. He's been impressed with something that he'll never, ever get over. And it's because mama served God and built that little place on the hillside. And now the boy has no problem believing God. See the importance of you following God. So your children can see how important it is to follow God. And the impressions of the Holy Ghost can be put into their hearts. And I'm going to tell you something. While we sit in these services from time to time, the Holy Ghost will choose to move and blessed be the child that has the opportunity to sit there and doesn't understand but can see God on the faces of others. It'll seal them for eternity and they'll never ever get away from it. I promise you. They may wonder a while but they'll never get away from the moving the Holy Ghost. Got a fellow in my church, a dedicated Christian, that leads the singing. He's up in age, about 50. <laughs> Sorry about that. <coughs> no, he's up 61, somewhere around there. Anyway. I heard a preacher preaching on a tape. He's dead now from up in our area. and used to preach. Mike is his name. He used to preach all over the country. to the church up there, an old mountain church at that time called Mount Carmel. Now, they went to meeting back in those days. You know what I mean. They went in there and begun the meeting. They'd have a meeting in the morning, night, and they'd go two weeks at least. I mean, that's just planned. Had an old pop belly stove right in the middle of the church. And it was put together in three pieces. The preacher, Brother Mike, said they got to, he got to preaching and he said God got the moon and said, before you know it, the whole church is up. And said there's everyone singing some of them, preaching, some of them, shouting, some of them, said there's all over that place. The old ladies are throwing their handkerchief in there. He said, somebody run up and said, Preacher Mike, they've knocked the stove over. The top part's on the floor. <laughs> he said, I stopped a couple of men from shouting. Said, we went over there and got down below that thing, run over there to the window and throw it out. It's snowing outside. Throw it out in the snow. Never missed a lick. Said, nobody else even
1: noticed it.
0: Went on shouting. I heard him tell that story on the tape. And then while I was with this fellow who used to be a member of that church years ago, when he was just a little old boy, about six or seven years old, he said to me, Preacher, I was there that night. And I remembered all the shouting. And I remember him distinctively throwing the stove out the window and shouting off. And he said, I ain't never got over that many other things. That's what our youngs need. Good old fashioned dose of the Holy Ghost, a softamundra.
1: Yeah.
0: And they say, Well, I wish my youngs could get in this ministry and that ministry. I forget about all that. They don't get dosed with the Holy Ghost and they'll just do and they won't be half called a ministry. <laughs> I like that. Serving God pays off in trust. They find it easy to believe the old old story. They find it easy to believe the book, and read it, and they just believe it. They just believe
1: it. That is a blessing.
0: If you've ever doubted anything and you've got back to the point when you can believe it, you know that it's a blessing to believe. You ever doubted your salvation? Then God brought you back to the place and gave you blessed assurance and you said, thank God, I don't ever want to do that again. It's a blessing to me to believe this old book. I mean from the depths of my heart to tell you, I believe this is the colored fellow said from Kiver to Kiver, I didn't believe the Kiver because it says Holy Holy Bible. Huh? Glad I've got this book, aren't you? Glad I believe this book. It pays off in truth. It pays off in trust. But then I want you to notice with me in verse 4 and 5, it really pays to serve God. It will pay off in testimony. Now, if you, like me, when God saved me, you didn't have a testimony. (laughs) I ain't bragging about it. It's just the way I was raised. I mean, I was raised in a hell hole. I was the youngest of nine there. And um, just my dad, and he's an alcoholic. And, and uh, uh, you know, our first language is cussing because there wasn't no mama that would teach us any better. And, and uh, uh, you just did what's good to get by. I can remember as a little old child now, about five years old, we used to go to the store. We'd... They brothers said they bought the corn flakes. I reckon they did. <laughs> and back in those days in West Virginia, they delivered the milkman delivered them in the glass jug. You remember that? It had the plastic handle? That was a real deal. You could steal the jug and all get twenty-five cents out of the handle if you broke the glass. We'd slip out early in the morning and wait on the milkman to run. So you didn't, preacher. I sure did. Until the last time I got hogged and just a little old boy up, they delivered two gallons, I took two gallons. <laughs> While I was walking down off the yard, the daughter stepped off and said, Dana, where are you going with our
1: milk?
0: <laughs> I said, oh, I'm just delivering it and turned around and brought it back. I'm trying to tell you, I didn't have no testimony. Said, preacher, would you steal? I slowed down enough to steal it if I could. Some of you are reaching for your bill folks right now. I won't steal nothing now. What I'm trying to emphasize was, for most of us, we didn't have testimony. Because we wasn't worth much. And folks didn't put a lot of stock in it. Thank God when the Lord saved me, all of that was put in the past, and He changed His heart so I didn't want to steal anymore, and I wanted to serve Him, and for 30 years He's let me build a testimony of honesty. There's one thing that God gives every person when He saves them, it's a clean slate and a fresh testimony of how God saved them. Then it's up to you what you do now now. She's got a testimony. She's been a helping God's man, feeding God's man. She's had experience after experience of seeing what God's man could do. She's hung around the right places where the right things do happen. As a result of it, notice, in verse number 4, the Scripture tells how the king was talking to this, the prophet's minister saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha has done. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O oh king. He was awestricken. He, was awesome. he could not believe that this woman was there that he was talking about. He was given a word of testimony on this woman's behalf. She shows up and the king says, I don't want to hear secondhand. Ma'am, you tell me how it happened. And notice he said in verse 6, and when the king asked the woman, she told him. <laughs> <coughs> don't you know that was a joy? <coughs> don't you like to tell things if you know it? It makes me mad to be with somebody else and both of us see the same thing and then they run in and hog it up
1: and tell how it happened.
0: Well, it does, don't it, you? I'm serious. I mean, I want to tell it because I saw it and I know how it happened. Let me tell it. Huh? I can see that woman standing there. She's waiting patiently on the old Gehazi that's up there saying, Oh, King. Man, there's a woman that lived back over here on the back side of the hill. And I'll tell you what happened. The old kid, the old prophet one day she come out there crying, and her boy was dead. Now I know him. he was lifeless. We checked his pulse. He no color in him. He's dead at four o'clock. You wouldn't believe it. The, the, how the prophet come in there, and and I'll tell you what. He touched that old boy and raised him up. And he run out there playing like nothing ever happened. I'm I'm telling that's the way it happened that lady's standing there, listening to what he's having to say. And imagine in herself, she sent that ain't all I know, he mean, you know, you, he's what, you, you're missing that. that and finally the king looks to her and says, you tell it. I don't believe in women preachers, but I bet she could preach it.
1: <laughs>
0: Might have been like one of the old mountain preacher in West Virginia. Oh, hear me, old king. Bless God one day, my old boy was sick, and the man of God came in, raised him up. Woo! She had a testimony. Man, what a testimony. You know, there's two things I want to say about that testimony she had. First of all, it was a lively testimony. Huh? All oh, you got to talk about your aches and pains. Go tell somebody else. Have you noticed how the word, how, how it is emphasized? He uses the word restored a dead body to life. And then he uses that word restored to life again. And then he says, my Lord, this is the woman and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. This is a living testimony. It was alive. A lively Testimony. That's the kind of I like, don't you? I never have understood why a preacher can get up and try to force somebody to testify. I don't want to. Well, preacher, I'm going to ah, shut up and
1: sit
0: down. Hank, uh-huh. you got it shaking in your soul, and some of us do at times and some of us don't. You've got it shaking in your soul. There you ain't gonna, nobody going to stop you, and you
1: know it. I mean, you can tell it.
0: You've just seen it. It's alive. You got off somewhere with God or he showed you something today or you experienced something with him and seen how he worked and you wanted to tell somebody it was alive within you. That's what I like. Huh?
1: Man.
0: And not only that, it was a timely testimony. Have you ever noticed how the providence of God brings things together at the right time? This testimony wouldn't have had half the emphasis if it hadn't happened at the right time. Man, it all just fell together. God just put it all together. What a testimony that was because of the timing of it. I was up in uh, emphasizing this timing thing. I was up in West Virginia on the streets up there as a young Christian. I don't guess I've been saved a year passing out outside there was this, right on the street there in Huntington, the West Virginia, there was this well-dressed, had on a three-piece suit, man, coming toward me, I noticed. And, and he went right on by me, and, and, and he, he got just five or six steps away from me, and he turned around and came right back to me. And I thought, boy, this, man, this is, praise God. I mean, here's somebody that really wants something. I was a young Christian. So I handed him a track about this size, and he got up just as close as he could get to me. And he took that track and he began to tear it, just about a thumb's size. And he stood there in my face, and he tore it, and he let every piece of it drop at my feet on the sidewalk. Man, my heart was sunk. And about that time, I noticed out of corner of eye, here came another welder. Coming down the sidewalk toward us, and this guy had gotten down. Now, I'm not exaggerating. I'm telling you the truth before God. He he had the last piece when that man got up to me. He had the last piece in his hand, Went like that. And just as it left his finger, that guy came up, he flipped the billfold over, and it had a badge in it. He slid it under his nose, and he said, "Pick it up, every piece." <laughs> I shouldn't have, I know, but I said, thank you, Lord. (laughs) He got down, picked up every piece of it. Now, thinking about it now, I would have helped him, but then I didn't. But isn't it amazing how God can bring things together at the right time for his honor and glory? God has you where you're at. Don't you moan and groan on that job or where you're at. God has you there for a time. Because he's using you and your testimony and he's using it at
1: the right time.
0: God has you with them little children because there's a timing in that. It paid off with a
1: testimony.
0: There's nothing that you can have in this world on the human level as far as another man is concerned than a good testimony. That's a blessing. Serving God pays off in truth, in trust, and in testimony. But I want to close with this thought. Lest you think I'm trying to sidestep the tangible things of life, make you think that really uh, things God doesn't get involved in. Someone has made the foolish statement to say, the Lord provides all of our needs and not our wants. Now, how can a man with one eye and half a brain believe that? If God only provided you with your needs and not your wants, will you allow me to get a tractor and trailer before I leave tonight and back up to your door and only take what you don't need? I promise you, if you have
1: to have it, absolutely.
0: I won't take it. But I'm going to take you, TV. I'm going to take your VCR. I'm going to take that dishwasher. I'm going to take some of them suits you got in there and about 40 of them extra pair of shoes and then three other rooms of furniture that you don't ever go into. I need them. I'm going to take them.
1: 70% of what you own, you don't need. You want it. God bless you to live in a land and
0: a country and health and ability to get what you wanted. That's true. That's true. David said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not... what he said. And so I want to say to you and bear witness for the Lord and tell you that it really pays to serve God because serving God will pay off in things, in the tangible things of life. Oh, well, listen, verse 6 now. I'm not pulling you away. And when the king had asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, I like this next phrase, don't you? What do you read? Restore. All that was heard. And all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land. (laughs) She didn't even have to tender. Somebody else took care of it
1: and she's getting the benefit of
0: it. Man, you can't beat that. I see two things in this. One, I see that this is the first time that we ever hear of back pay. You ever heard of back pay? Getting back pay? Well, what's she getting there? What do you call that?
1: That's back pay.
0: Said everything that's hers and everything that ever was hers, I want you to give it back. Back pay. I'm tell you something else. Not only was she getting back pay, but she was getting paid back. Thank God. You know, man, she can. This unreal. She wasn't expecting this. <laughs> she comes to plead with the king. She said, "I'd like to have my house back." She's getting the house back, the land back. Everything's on the land back, and everything that's been on the land for seven years, she's getting it all back. And I see her she leaves this place, man, she is so overwhelmed. And if we could have found her that evening as she was walking toward her house, rejoicing, I mean rejoicing, I believe we could have said to her, To so what do you attribute this to? She'd have said, only thing I can say is it really pays to serve God. All I done is built a little shanty on the hillside and fed the prophet a few biscuits as he passed by. Gave him a place to sleep and place to eat and a little table and a little light. And said, now look what I'm getting back as a result of that. Oh, I'll tell you, God has done wonders for me. I got back pay and I got paid back. I'm going to tell you something. God's not a cheap God. He said He's not ashamed to be called our Father. And ain't every one of us going to go to heaven ragtag and torn and complaining about how God cheated us. He's given us more than we deserve. I don't know how much it cost to build that little house up there, but I believe she got paid back more than she invested, as we always do when we serve the Lord. Let me, uh, give you a couple of illustrations of this. I'm talking about paying back in Other I learned many of them. You could probably take all night with mine and yours too. My wife's father passed away September a year ago, and uh, her mother passed away about eight years ago. They were very close. She was the youngest in her family. There were seven children, and they all they let them live, and they never—they didn't have to go to the hospital. They died in the home. They were blessed to be in their very own home. And uh, the children would take turn about. And they would go stay with her mother. The day that her mother died, she had just left her presence and was driving a 30, 35 miles to our house, and she hadn't gotten away from home thirty minutes and. When she got to the house, they called and said, Mama, has gone on. And it tore her heart out. She wanted to be there when her mama passed away. And so last year, her daddy was very ill, very sick, and they sent him home to die. And they began to do the same thing around the clock. They would stay with him. And then it came to where two would have to stay each day and night, getting weaker and weaker. And I remember my wife talking to her other brothers and sisters and she said to them with tears, she said, if Daddy, if, if Daddy starts to die, before he goes, you better call me. You better let me know. One day we were at the house around the sink and I looked, and tears were coming out of her eyes. And she said, I won't be there when Daddy leaves. I won't talk to him. He said, they better call me and let me know. I said, honey... You know how it is. We're in the ministry. We've seen it. Time. He may linger a week. He may linger a month. And there'll be some times in which they think he's going to die. And, and then he walks and, and false alarms. I said, that's too much pressure to put on your family. They, they can't know that. She looked and tears were falling down. She said, yeah. But I've been talking to the Lord. And he knows when he's going to go. And I asked him to let me do that. I didn't want to discourage her. You'd, you'd have to know the closest between her and Daddy. And so I didn't want to tell her, I didn't want to argue with her with her and tell her, you know, even the Lord won't do that. But it came down the day that he died. God worked it out, but she she just got there the day he died. It was her shift, and I'm talking about those seven of them. it just fell upon her shift during the day. About probably about one or two o'clock. My wife walked up to the bedroom door and she looked in. And many times when somebody leaves this world, or you've seen it happen, maybe if you've been around, they'll open their eyes real wide. And he opened his eyes real wide. And Something just said to her, this is it. She's the only one there there now, nobody else. She darted into the room and she ran up to the bed. She said, Daddy, you're going home, aren't you? She said, Mama's there and she's going to be glad to see you. And I know it's going to be an easy trip for you as you pass over and I'm so happy for you. I wanted to be here when it took place. Daddy, I wanted to be the one to tell you.
1: How much I love you. He closed his eyes and looked this way. God oh my.
0: I went on over. Late right that evening we got in the car and I just so overwhelmed. Did I down the road? And I said, Honey, do you know how special you are? Do you know what God has done for you? He said, Yeah. He told me he would. And he did it. Aren't you glad that it pays to serve God? But even in a situation like that, the Lord pays off. And I could tell you tonight 10,000 ways how my blessed Lord has paid me off. A rag tagged little old boy about even a pair of shoes sleeping in a shotgun house with three rooms. Taking a bath in an old wash tub, and that gets pretty muddy when you're the ninth one. Having nothing in this old world. God Almighty has blessed me beyond measure. I got no complaints. I got no criticisms. I felt like that my commission was to come this week and tell you how good and how great I rot is. And let you know what this lady knew. It really pays to serve God.